the wolf back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Wolfpack episode 17 show. This is a sports card therapist solo episode, and I'm going to be talking about my roundtable recaps. So uh, welcome, everyone. I hope hope you enjoy what I'm going to be talking about, and if you have not tuned into many of my roundtables that I've been releasing over the last few weeks. Um, you might not fully get what it is that I'm talking about. However, by listening to these recaps, you might be like, oh, damn, okay, let me go and listen to these recaps. I'm not sure. So I uh, hope everyone is doing well. Um, I'm sorry I'm a little bit late. I'm actually going live right now, YouTube live. I am sorry I'm a little bit late. I just got done. I just wrapped up another roundtable episode that um, by the time this airs, I guess it's already dropped. So um, so yeah, I'm I'm on season four right now of Sports Card Therapist, and I've been... Uh, doing my roundtable episodes. So if you guys have been watching those or listening to those, however it is you consume content, I hope you have been enjoying them. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Cousins Collectibles. The Cousins just celebrated 100 episodes last week. So shout out to them for sure. 100 episodes. Um, Ken from Sports Card Lessons, he's coming up on 100 episodes. That's awesome. So definite, uh, you know, shout out to them for hitting some major numbers and uh, you know, it's not easy putting out content and it's, you know, it's a labor of love, I guess that's all you can say. So there's a lot that's been going on in the hobby. There was the big announcement uh, just, you know, this week of fanatics purchasing PWCC. So that's something that we'll continue to talk about. Um, You know, I've talked to some people and I'm not ready to, I guess, talk about some of the stuff that we discussed because I don't think I'm really at liberty to, but it sounds like there's some really, 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 really cool things happening. Um, so shout out to Fanatics for continuing to grow. They now have a, a marketplace. They now have a vault. Um, who knows? Maybe next they're going to be buying out a grading company and then they're going to have their own grading company. But I, I, I'm really excited. I think it's really cool what they're doing and uh, super excited to see what's going to happen as the Fanatics takeover continues. So, yeah. So, typically, what I do is typically whenever I've done roundtables. So, when I did roundtables in season three last year, probably going back about nine, nine to 12 months ago, I would always do a fourth episode of the week, which was like the, the weekly recap of roundtables but i didn't i haven't been doing that these last couple weeks because i've been having such incredible podcasts i've been having such incredible roundtable episodes that i don't want to just throw a recap episode in there to like almost bury how good these roundtables have been so i'm going to go over um some of the roundtables and i'm going to you know just kind of give my thoughts in terms of um what was happening maybe behind the scenes what happened during the round table, maybe a little bit after the scenes, um, afterward. So yeah. So, so the first round table that I released, it was on May 8th. So it was on May 8th. So we're going back exactly two weeks now. And that round table was the content creator round table. And for sports card therapists, that was episode 172. Um, and, but it was the first round table. So, uh, of this season and the content creator round table was Jeremy Lee from sports cards live, Dustin sports card dad and Ken sports card lessons. And, um, you know, 
the reason why I brought those, there's so many content creators out there that, you know, I'm friends with that, you know, or, or at least acquaintances with, um, you know, it's kind of like this, I don't know, this, I guess, I don't know. I would want to call it a fraternity of content creators, but you know, it's, I don't know. It's one of these things. It's, it's almost like if you're a Peyton Manning collector and you come across another Peyton Manning collector at a show or out in the wild, right? Immediately you kind of feel like, oh shoot, this person gets me. He's a Peyton Manning collector. So am I, um, I guess it's kind of like that when you're putting out content. Right. And I've talked before about how, when you put out content, it almost feels like your public property. Um, you know, people have their opinions on you. They, they talk about you good, bad, and indifferent, you know, and, and sometimes it, um, I don't know. It, it just, it's, it's one of these things that, you know, most content creators are not getting paid for what they do. So it's truly a labor of love. And, um, so I brought on three guys for that first round table that I consider to be my friends and that I have a high that I hold in high regard for the kind of content that they put out. So the first round table that I did two weeks ago was with Ken sports card lessons, Jeremy Lee sports cards live and Dustin sports card dad, three very different individuals, three, they put out three vastly different forms of content. So we just kind of, you know, sat there and just, just talked about the content we make, what, what our purpose is, what, the preparation is to going into making content and you know um it was just a great conversation i i had a really good time with it and it felt really good being able to kick off um the month of roundtables with those guys and i am very intentional with the individuals that um that i i put on and that i that i pick for certain days and times you know it's not just like oh let me throw stuff at a wall and see what sticks kind of thing you know i think about when i had episode 100 and when i did episode 100 of sports card therapist uh last year i made sure to bring on craig from new york city sports cards on instagram and ken sports card lessons because those two guys probably played the most intricate roles um in my journey of content creation and over the last year and a half. So I, it was important to me to have them on. So starting up these round tables, um, Jeremy, Dustin, and Ken, these are guys that have become friends of mine. And, um, you know, I just have a lot of respect for what they do. So it was very intentional to start off with that and, and to kind of let, let people know like what goes into doing podcasts because, I'm going to be doing a lot of them over the course of the next month with these roundtables. So um, a collector's dream is in the house. Orlando, how are you doing, sir? Um, so the next roundtable that I did was flippers in the hobby, flippers in the hobby. And I brought on Dave from Extraordinary Cards. And these, whenever I say like Extraordinary Cards or Basketball Card Paradise, that is their, that's their brand, but that's, that's their, also their Instagram pages. So, so usually I go by their Instagram pages. So the flippers and the hobby round table, which by the way, let me say the flippers and the hobby round table, um, has is quickly became my most streamed episode, not only my most streamed round table, but my most streamed episode of season four on the podcast. Unbelievable. And the thing is I was in my mind, I was kind of like, I was questioning, do I want to do a flippers round table? Do I want to do that? Because 
in this hobby, right? If if you are if you market yourself as a collector, a true collector, you automatically become like a hobby darling, right? Like people love collectors. But if you're a dealer, if you're a flipper, if you're any of that, there there really are some neg there's like a negative tone to that. So I wasn't sure if I wanted to actually have a flippers round table, you know, and especially to put that out as my second one. But the thing is, I know these three gentlemen. I know these three gentlemen personally. I've met all three of them in person. I've made multiple deals with all three of these guys. So for me, I knew it would be a compelling conversation. And basically what came out of that is they talked about on this round table, we discussed how they are able to sell cards cheaper than any dealers at shows, right? I think an issue that a lot of collectors like myself and like you that are watching run into is that when you go to card shows, collectors tend to always be over the last comp, right? And I get it, right? Because the last comp, I mean, just because a guy sells his card for cheap, you know, he might live out in Iowa, right? Or Ohio or California, he might sell his card cheap, you know, because either it was a bad auction or he just decided to sell it as a, as a best offer price. Cause he wanted to get rid of the card and get the money regardless. Almost all dealers that I've actually encountered, most dealers will not come down to the last comp, right? They're always a little bit above and I get it right. They're paying for the table. They're paying for the time They're you know, so there's a lot, it depends on how much they have into the card. It makes sense. But with flippers, they are flipping so many cards on, on a daily basis that at least these three gentlemen, and I know this to be a fact for them, they can always like get down to the last comp with almost any card they have almost any card they have they will beat the last comp so we were able to talk about how they're able to do that that's what made that round table flippers in the hobby that's what made that round table such a compelling conversation because they opened up like a book on how they're able to beat comps it was a great thing. And I mean, it's not, it's not rocket science here, right? So they are approaching sellers with all cash, with all cash. So chances are they're buying cards at 70 to 80% of comps. And in turn, they're turning around and selling these cards at 80 to 90% of the last comp. And because they're flipping over cards so much, they're able to just make money by doing that. They're able to make money doing that. And in turn, here comes a collector and I'm buying these cards at 90% of the last comp because that's what they're selling them for. So flippers to me, I know I have at least three to five flippers on speed dial. And what I mean is I don't mean on speed dial, but I mean on like social media speed dial, right? Like no matter what, I'm always going to their page. No matter what, I'm always going to their stories to see what the new pickups they have are and what are the new cards are selling. And that's how I've gotten most of my big cards is by working out deals with these flippers. So, um, you know, compelling conversation. It was a great, great conversation flippers in the hobby. Then uh, round table number three that I dropped, I dropped this about a week and a half ago. Um, it was the round table with sports cards, nonsense, 
with sports cards nonsense. So Mike and Jesse from the sports cards nonsense show, um, they are under, um, they are on the ringer network, right? The ringer and that's uh bill Simmons network. So that's, that's a huge deal, right? Huge platform. And, uh, you know, we just talked about how they really cover everything in the hobby. So not only do they produce content, not only are they a podcast, but also what they do is, um, they, they do breaks, they do interviews, they do this, they do that. It was like, what don't they do? You know? So, um, and they talked about things that they're happy about, things that they're worried about, things that, you know, and it's all the things that we think about. It's all, but the only difference is their careers are in this hobby, right? It's one thing to not even have a foot in the hobby, right? Just kind of be watching from the outside and, and maybe buy a card here, buy a card there, consume content, but not really, not really have all your eggs in this basket, right? Then, I feel like I'm in that probably next category where I'm not on the outside. I probably have one foot in. Now, my income does not depend on the hobby, right? I have a career. Um, I love my career. I'm not going to quit my career. I'm not going to go full time into the hobby. I have no aspirations to do that. But yeah, I, I do enjoy the content. I do enjoy it. Like if the hobby takes a downturn, um, I, I feel a bit of an impact from that. However, as the collector of me is happy about when prices go down. Um, but these guys, sports cards, nonsense, they are fully, fully in it. And uh, it was interesting being able to talk to them, you know, because they're to an extent, of course they would survive, but their livelihood does depend on how the market is doing. So that was a great, um, that was a great conversation. So let me get to some of these comments real quick. Uh, a collector dream says cash is king in the hobby, especially at shows. Mookie Chilson. What is up Mookie? He says, Rob, the round tables have been on point. I've listened to several of them more than once. Mookie, I appreciate you, man. Thank you. And, uh, and you know, the streams are always, an all-time high you know when it comes to the round table so that's another reason why i enjoy putting them out because i feel like it almost like jump starts my listener base a little bit because i know when i was putting out when i was you know because i do the pwcc vintage auction sunday nights right so i know when i was putting those episodes on my actual podcast stream and like the next day i would upload those so people could go back and listen i noticed a dip in my listeners so that's why I told PWCC, listen, I'm not, I, I'm not going to put my auction on the podcast anymore. I'm sorry. I'm, it, my listener base feels like it's taking a hit. And they were like, listen, that's fine. They're like, we want you, we like you. So do what you got to do. And I was like, perfect. So, um, you know, I was looking forward to doing these round tables because it, it, I feel like, uh, I, I know how compelling the content can be and it's not me, you know, it's, it's just, it's the guests. It's all about the guests. So, um, Ricky says break grade and flip flippers, new game. So break grade and flip. Yeah, that could be, I think that's probably true for a lot of people for sure. Uh, Mike Petty is in the house. He says, Hey Orlando, I use, I like to use cash too, but afraid to carry around at shows. I don't mind one-on-one -on -one deals with someone I know though. It just doesn't happen very often anymore. Mike says, the round tables are a great concept. Rob is the knight of the round tables. All I need is like a shield and a sword, right? Um, uh, Collector's Dream says, I love Rob's round tables, guys. I appreciate you very much. Thank you. So, so after the uh, sports cards nonsense round table, uh, moving on to 
roundtable number four, roundtable number four, which aired a week ago from today. Um, it was the Hobby Discipline Roundtable, and that was with Chris uh, Chris McGill from Card Ladder. That was with Brett McGrath from Stacking Slabs Podcast, and that was with Tony from Cousins Collectibles. And basically, uh, the the point, the topic of the podcast was staying disciplined in the hobby. You know, how do you stay disciplined and and not just buy up everything in your site? Um, but you know, it took us a while, I think, to get to that topic because we were having just so much fun talking about the hobby in general. So it was just really a great conversation of some incredible minds and some of the most respected minds in my eyes in the hobby. You know, Chris Carletter, Brett from Stacking Slabs, and Tony, one half of Cousins Collectibles. Some of the most uh, respected, you know, that I have the most respect for in the hobby. So that was a great conversation right there. Then the next roundtable was the Collectors Roundtable, and I brought together you know a few different uh personalities from from different genres of the hobby i brought together um drake from uh, on instagram he's at drake's pc he primarily collects uh modern football and wrestling and then i brought matthew who's 1956 tops guy who collects primarily vintage and maddie c and maddie c is a guy who uh, grew up in new york city and he made his way out to um to Hollywood and he 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 writes Hollywood movies. Uh he he wrote Paid in Full the movie. He wrote uh one of the final Rambo movies, uh the one where he went to the jungle. That's what they all are. But um and and now he has one of the best Mickey Mantle collections I've ever seen. So uh so Maddie C. Uh, so so really we just kind of came on talking about what makes us tick in terms of um collecting, you know what you love about what is it that draws your attention what is it that makes you say you know what i want that i need that in my collection and i picked up so many incredible tidbits here because there were really three guys from different areas of the hobby even though matthew and maddie c did have some overlap being in vintage um they still are are pretty separate in in their lanes in terms of uh what they do collect so that was a great great uh round table then the one i just dropped last friday that was uh round table number six round table number six that was called polarizing figures in the hobby and that was with jeff wilson that was with Jeff Wilson, sports card investor, and that was with Dan, the great curator. Um, I, I didn't know how to feel about putting them on a round table. So, you know, Jeff and I have some history. Um, Dan, the great curator, and I, we have some history. Um, and not that it's bad history, but so last year, Jeff Wilson and, um, and I, you know, we were going back and forth and I said, Hey, Jeff would love to have you on my show. And he said, uh, he said, Rob, I, I actually love your show. I'd love to come on. And that felt pretty good because Jeff's one of the biggest names in the hobby. And for him to say, Hey, listen, I listen to your show regularly. I'd like to come on. That was great. Um, so I invited him on and the day before he was set to come on my show last year, he, um, I actually canceled on him because I was getting a lot of pushback from friends in the hobby, friends in the hobby. that are like, you know, we do not want you having Jeff Wilson on your show. And, um, you know, I kind of folded to that pressure. So, you know, I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to cancel on Jeff and, and Jeff 
he didn't like that very much. He was, he was pretty upset and for good reason, because I kind of flaked out on him. You know, it's, it's, I was at the end of the day, I was in the wrong. Like if I'm going to invite a guest on my show, I should stand by that. Right. I should stand by it. Um, but at the same time, it's like, um, you know, I'm also like a very loyal guy and I feel like I'm a good friend. And I feel like, um, if there's someone that I don't like, and I feel really, really strongly about, I would expect my friends to respect that to an extent, but also I probably wouldn't put them in the position where they had to choose. So I don't know. There's, there was no easy answer to that. I think that was one of my first, my first, um, real views of politics and the hobby politics and the hobby, as far as being a content creator, right? Because I've worked really hard to build up my platform and people look at it like rob why are you going to give this guy real estate on your platform so anyway so i'm not going to beat a dead horse um i ended up canceling on him he didn't like that very much we had some more back and forth we've jeff and i we've always been on good terms but um so finally i reached out to him again now dan the great curator over the last year or so he's become a a pretty big figure in this hobby um you know and and there's people that don't like him and he's chosen to lean into that and really try to get people riled up and, and, and pour gasoline on whatever fires are set around him. Um, I respect him for that. You know, I, I think his videos are hilarious. I think a lot of the things he does are tongue in cheek. Um, but I could be wrong. I'm not saying just because I invite someone on my podcast and on my platform doesn't mean I co-sign everything they've ever done. It doesn't mean that I am standing by them in solidarity. You know what I mean? Like it is what it is. Like I'm inviting them on my show to, to talk and, and to, you know, maybe hash things out with, with people that aren't there or whatever the case. I mean, it is what it is. Um, you know, I, I find it funny that, you know, there's a lot of these like watchdogs out there. Right. And, and I'm friends with some of the watchdogs, some of the hobby watchdogs. Um, but there's some of these watchdogs out there that, I got to be honest, like I don't watch a ton of Jeff Wilson content. I don't watch any. I don't think I've I've watched a single video of his in probably about two years. And the great curator, Dan, he's my, I consider him a friend, but I don't watch his content on a regular basis. So I don't know the things he's saying, but these hobby watchdogs, you know what they'll do is they'll go and they'll watch like a great curator video three times all the way through from beginning to end three times. Uh, just to pick it apart and have stuff to bash him about. And I'm not saying all watchdogs do that. So if it don't apply, let it fly. Um, but in a way, it's almost like, you know, some of these watchdogs are these guys' biggest fans. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, am I saying anything that sounds ridiculous here? You know, so, so yes, I got a lot of flack for having Jeff Wilson and Dan, the great curator on my show. But like I've said publicly, like I've said privately, like I don't know all the stuff that these guys do. Just because I'm inviting them on my show doesn't mean that I'm co-signing everything they do. I have no idea what they do. I really don't. You know, I know probably 1% of what they do in this hobby. What can I tell you? I, I don't, I, there's nothing else I can say. So I set up at the Fenway uh, show, which was held at Fenway Baseball Park in Boston over the weekend. And I had this maniac come up to me, right? This maniac, this savage comes up to me and he goes, Rob. 
and this is a big guy. This guy's probably like six three, six four. Okay, like a lean, lean guy, right? So he comes up and he goes, Rob, what are you doing having the great curator on your show? He goes, You have children, you should be ashamed of yourself. I start looking around at like the people that I'm like, I wasn't set up with any like friends, but I was, you know, I, I got to know the people that were set up around me over the course of the day. And this happened toward the end of the day. So he's like, Rob, you have children. You should be ashamed of yourself. And I'm like, what? He took me by, caught me by such surprise. He goes, Rob, I listen to your content. I watch you. I usually love your stuff, but you know what? Never again, never again, because you had Dan, the great curator on your show. I go, first of all, what does me having children have to do with anything? What does it have to do with anything? Now, at this point, this guy is like yelling at me and really causing a scene at this card show. And like, people are kind of stopping and like, like, is there going to be an incident here? Like, should we take out our cell phones and start recording? Um, like, I, I know that was the vibe. Like, should I start recording? And for all I know, maybe someone did get the incident on, on film, you know? And he's like, yeah, you should be ashamed. You're, I, and I go, what has Dan done? What has he done? He's like, you know what he did. He manipulated the market and he did this. And so and I'm like, you know what? I'm not even going to talk to this guy. I'm not going to entertain this guy. But the people next to me started like jumping in and they're like, and they're like, bro, you sound like an idiot right now, okay? What did this guy, Dan, do? What did he? And really, all this guy could do is, like, rehash and, and keep repeating the same kind of one or two things that, like, he wasn't being specific about anything. So point being that I think, in the, I mean, the, the title of the episode was was right on the money, polarizing figures in the hobby, because, you know, people like Jeff Wilson, uh, sports card investor, and people like Dan, uh, the great curator, they're very polarizing. They're very, very polarizing. And I know that um, they can evoke a lot of strong emotions from people. And... Um, I knew that going in, I knew that having them on, it would evoke some emotion, but I didn't think like that. I didn't think I was going to like get approached in an aggressive manner at a card show. I don't know. I wasn't pumping the guy, but, the, but here's the thing people take because I have a platform and because I have one of the bigger platforms in the hobby, people assume that when I have on a guest, that is me pumping that guest and their brand. And that's not the case. That's not the case. You know, um, so sports cards nonsense. When they had on the trimmer, Evan Mathis, they had him on because people had questions for that for him. It wasn't because they wanted to pump him in his brand. So um, it's it's so strange, you know, because I don't know. There's so much I can say, I guess, you know, but um, I'm part of this vintage chat, right? I'm part of this vintage chat on Instagram. There's about 30 of us in this vintage chat, and it's some of the most brilliant vintage minds in the world, right? I mean, like there are guys in there that have vintage collections that I that you wouldn't even see on a PWCC premiere auction right? Just unbelievable stuff. And, um, they, they, they're passionate about the hobby. And before I had on Jeff and Dan, the great curator, 
I asked them, I said, Hey guys, I'm having on a sports card investor and a great curator on my show. Is there anything you want to ask them? And the overwhelming majority of the grown men in this vintage chat were like, I actually like Dan and Jeff, you know, I don't see anything wrong with them. You know, I, I think Jeff does a lot for the kids and I think Dan is hilarious and he's good at trolling. And that was like really it. And there were some good questions. And if you listen to the round table, you could hear some of the questions um, coming up, you know? Um, so the overall consensus that I got and, uh, and, and my guy Oz from uh, cousins collectibles, he's in my Wolfpack chat. Uh, one great point that he pointed out, he said, you know what? I think a lot of higher end collectors really don't care about them too. I think like the high end collectors, like, they just don't pay much attention to like Jeff and to the great curator and stuff. And so I think like a lot of the hate that comes for them really comes from um, like, like the loud minority, you know what I mean? It's, it's almost like, um, like the loudest person in the room is the weakest person in the room. And I'm not calling out, I'm not saying that the watchdogs that call those two guys out are weak. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that, a lot of times the loudest voice that you hear doesn't mean it's coming from the masses. It might just mean that, that those few people have a megaphone and it sounds like it's coming from the masses because when I pulled my group, first of all, and I don't want to put anyone out there in the wolf pack, but when I, you know, asked my wolf pack who there's six or seven of us in the chat, like, Hey, I'm having these guys on. What do you think? There really wasn't much of a negative reaction. Like, oh, why are you having them on? I really didn't get that. And then when I asked these 30 guys in this vintage chat what they thought and if they had any questions, there really wasn't much of a negative vibe. Let me tell you something. These vintage collectors, they'd have no problem being, being a-holes. They have no problems at all speaking their mind and being a-holes. But they were like, eh, eh. So... Because I had that pool of 30 men in the hobby and I kind of, it was almost like I was taking an unofficial temperature of the hobby about the great curator and about sports card investor. And it seemed like most people didn't care. It's, it's just like a small piece of the hobby that scream really loud about how bad they are. Those two guys and, and and probably others right it's not just them too it's probably others that they scream about but because they're screaming rather than talking it appears that more and more people hate them than actually do that's kind of what i got out of it i could be wrong i could be wrong with that but that's kind of what i walked away from it thinking in the round table i asked them some hard hitting questions now i wasn't able to ask them all the questions i wanted to ask them first of all the interview went an hour and 45 minutes it was only scheduled to go an hour. So the round table with Jeff sports card investor and Dan, the great curator was scheduled to go one hour. It ended up going an hour, 45 minutes. And I still didn't get to ask them everything. There were people DMing me like, Oh, you should have asked them this. You should have asked them that. But let me tell you something. I probably got a couple hundred DMS, a couple hundred DMS about that one round table. And I would say 90 to 95% of those DMs where people are like, Rob, incredible round table. You asked them some really tough questions and they didn't dodge. They didn't duck or dodge any of the questions. And if anything, it kind of humanized them a little bit. So 
that was a pretty fun roundtable. Let me get to some of these comments because I see a lot of comments coming in. I am not going to be able to read all these. Um, let's see. So Mike Petty says, we need more of Maddie C. I agree, Mike, man. Maddie is a wealth of information. Papa Jim in the house says, always have great guests and conversations. Keep moving forward, Rob. Papa Jim, I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Mookie says, Rob, did either Jeff or Dan object to the polarizing figures title of their episode? My sense is that Dan embraces the polarization, but Jeff does not. Mookie, Mookie, incredible question, Mookie. I love that you asked me that question. Let me tell you something. So I did not run any of the questions I was going to ask uh, by Dan or Jeff. I did not run any of the questions by them. Um, so all the questions were right on the spot. I threw them at them. They answered them. However, the one thing I did run by them, I did ask them about the title. Okay. My initial title that I wanted to call that I wanted to call it was the hobby villains Roundtable. hobby villains. Um, and I think that's probably, it's not because I think they are hobby villains, but a, it sounded kind of clickbaity, even though that's not something I go for. I thought there, I thought there were, there was kind of something to that, you know? Um, so I was thinking hobby villains and, and it really, I think it was cause I was having trouble coming up with what I wanted the top what I wanted the title to be Mookie. And, um, so Dan, you're right. Mookie Dan was like, yeah, I, I don't mind that, but I don't know about Jeff. And then Jeff chimed in. He said, yeah. Hobby villains might be a little rough. So we actually sat there for a couple minutes before the podcast started, before we recorded anything. And Dan said, what about polarizing? What about polarizing? And I said, Jeff, what do you think? And he's like, yeah, I like polarizing. So I said, okay, so you guys are okay with pol calling it polarizing figures because I'm going to hit record right now. And I'm, and I'm going to have that ticker running at the bottom of the screen with the title. So are you guys okay with polarizing figures? And they both said yes. Mookie, great question. Um, Troy. Troy says, hey, Rob, when will we see Orlando on your show? He has an amazing collection. Troy, let me tell you something. Orlando. Orlando, I have no way to get in touch with you. You and Mike Petty both. I have no way to get in touch with you guys. Mike Petty actually uh, messaged me today. But Orlando, I have no idea to get a hold of you. Can you DM me on Instagram? Can you DM me on Instagram, Orlando? I'd love to get you on a roundtable or some somewhere along the lines. You put out great content. Would love to talk with you. Um, the carddeal.com says, I am not a fan of Jeff. I am a fan of Rob, and I won't stop watching one person for liking someone I'm not a fan of that is childish. Card deal, man. I appreciate you. Thank you very much for saying that. That kind of puts that that that's like mature talk. That's adult talk right there. Um, Oz, the people's mailman in the house. He says the Howard Stern effect. Absolutely. And I think he was referring to when I said how, um, some watchdogs will watch, watch an episode three times. And I remember watching the Howard Stern film, um, private parts. And they were talking about how, like, how were people that love Howard Stern, listen to him for one hour a day. People that hate Howard Stern, watch him, listen to him for three hours a day. And the radio guy was like, but if they hate him, why do they listen to him? You know, and like, I do kind of get that feeling. I, I think secretly deep down, I think they say like, when you hate someone, that's a form of love. I think deep down, some of these watchdogs really do love some of these guys they are trashing. Uh, Mike's Petty says, I agree. Cardeal.com says, hey, Mike, hope all is well. Um, 
Car deal says people like him deflect when you ask questions or state facts. Best to ignore those people. Um, Tom Grant says Jeff Wilson can do whatever he'd like. He makes well-produced material. I laugh at much of it, but so what? And Tom, that was actually something that I brought up to him. I said, I said, Jeff, you're pretty much on the on the round table. I said, you're a, you're um, an entry point for many people in this hobby. You are an entry point. Um, you make well-produced content. So how much do you feel um, a responsibility to put out truthful content and not to, not to influence people? So, you know, it was something like that. I worded it much better, but yeah, without a doubt. And, and the well-produced material stuff, that, that plays into it for sure. That plays into it. Um, car deal says we the people need to filter what we take in this goes for everything in life tom says the only thing jeff has done that is questionable is his business and ppp loans which has nothing to do with baseball cards mookie says rob you were righteous and fair with your questions for jeff and dan i can take or leave them for what their answers were but you acquitted yourself so well don't let the fenway loudmouth bother you mookie i appreciate you man thank you mookie keep up the good work on on your end as well man collector's dream says thanks troy one day rob will interview me listen that's the plan man that's the plan stooks baseball cards and curiosities in the house what is up tom grant says dan on the other hand pretty much gets what he deserves i stopped watching anything by him a long time ago um, and I can't speak for Dan, the great curator at all. Um, you know, I know that I've gotten to know him off screen. I've gotten, I've, I've, I've spoken with him at length many times before, and he's a really intelligent, intelligent <laughs> shows you it's getting late, man. Uh, he's a really intellectual, humble, funny guy without a doubt. Um, but I think he does lean into some of the, some of the hate and some of the, um, the stuff that he gets and he leans into it a little much. And I think it, it can overshadow some, of uh, some of the good points, right? But it is what it is. Uh, Mike Petty says, consider the source with the Boston chowder head loud mouth. Keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate you. Mookie says, uh, Oz people's mailman, Baba Booey to you, Oz. Ricky in the house. Ricky says, Jeff and the curator are riding a Honda at a Harley rally. That's what they get. No respect from true vintage collectors. Um, that's why they get no respect from true vintage collectors. Collectors Canada in the house says, would you ever have Koontz on again? I know he's controversial, but his interviews are most are the most interesting in the hobby. Collectors Canada, I agree, man. I think uh, so. I've had Koontz on, I think, two or three times. He's been on my show once or twice, and then I had him on an Instagram live where we all did. Uh, it was a vintage Instagram live where he came on, and we were all just showing off our favorite vintage cards that we owned. And Jeremy Lee did an incredible job of interviewing him and shout out to Jeremy Lee. I don't know, like not that I would be trying to top the Jeremy interview, but by having Koontz on, I don't know how I could do a better job than Jeremy. Jeremy is, uh, you know, he, he's class for sure. He did a great job. Uh, Mike Petty says, Jeff tried to come out as an expert from day one when he didn't know squat. That's what rubbed me the wrong way. And I don't like pretty boys. LOL. Uh, yeah, listen, he is pretty. <laughs> 
<laughs> the cardeal.com says it's easier to hate on people. It takes time to get a positive word out of, of something or someone. Being genuine goes a long way. I think we all share the common goal. We escape the real world with cards. Jeremy in the house. Speaking of Jeremy Lee, I didn't even see you were in here, Jeremy. What is up, my friend? He says, hi, everyone. Um, yeah, so... Oh, Jeremy, thanks for the kind words. Listen, absolutely. I didn't even see you were in here either. But yeah, uh, Jeremy did an incredible job with Koontz. Uh, and, you know, Koontz is someone who we've, ever since I've had him on the show, he's reached out to me a lot behind the scenes. Um, why he's reached out to me, I don't know. And, and it's unfortunate because Koontz is in kind of like this strange position in the hobby, right? Where where people know who he is. He's not, uh, he's not, the face of anything right he's not as big as jeff sports card investor he's not but people that have been in the hobby for a little while know who he is and i think he does leave a bad taste in some people's mouth um so but yeah Koontz has has reached out to me and i've reached out to him and i think we've kind of developed a friendship but in my mind i'm like is he developing is he reaching out to me because he I don't know. I don't know. Not that I can offer him anything, you know, but I do. I have wondered, like, I wonder why Koontz is continuing to reach out to me. Like, who am I? You know, but he's he's always been he's always been great, you know, behind the scenes, like off camera. Koontz is super approachable. He is one of the probably most brilliant minds in the hobby. And I can't say whether or not he's, he's used all that brilliance for good or bad. You know, I don't know. I can only go by what he says. Um, you know, I think in the Jeremy, in the interview with Jeremy, it, it seemed like he, you know, I'm not going to say he tap danced around questions, but he wasn't charging at, at questions like a raging bull either, right? I think he, he knew how to answer certain questions. So, uh, you know, I don't know, but... You know, I, I think if you take any of his history, throw that out. I think Jason is a really nice guy. But being a nice guy doesn't mean that he's, you know, I would trust him with my cards. I don't know. You know, I have no idea, but I agree. He's he's a compelling, compelling interview and uh, really likable guy. Really likable guy. Um, so uh, Ken, sports card lessons in the house. What is up, Ken? He says, Mahomes looks great on the shelf behind you. Thank you. Actually, this was my big pickup from the Fenway show. Um, you know, usually, you know, I stick with vintage, but this card, I was watching it for a week or two. I made the deal actually before the Fenway show um, and picked it up there. It's a 2017 National Treasure Patrick Mahomes vertical out of 99 rookie auto. Um, honestly, I'm probably going to be looking to move that at National. You know, I'll be looking to move that at National and pick up some like really cool, unique vintage, some rare, scarce vintage if I can move that National, which I'm sure I'll be able to. So um, that's really my plan with that. Not really long term hold kind of thing. Mookie says, Jeremy and Rob are two true beacons of integrity in the hobby. I rely on both them to help organize the way I think about who I can and can't trust. Mookie, man. Mookie, I appreciate that, man. That's that's high praise, my friend. You know, first of all, just to be mentioned in the in the same conversation with Jeremy Lee is extremely humbling. But also, I can totally identify with what you're saying because I'm I'm here in Connecticut, and um, and my my sports guy, the guy I would always go to for my sports is Mike Francesa. And if you're not, 
in, from the tri-state. I think Mike Francesa isn't like really a, a super common name, but all you got to do is Google him and you'll, you know, see how big he, he is and was at one point with Mike and the mad dog that show. Um, but Mike Francesa, it seemed like everything Mike Francesa would say. And I, Oh my God, right here on my desk, coincidentally, right here on my desk, I have an autograph of Mike Francesa. It's crazy that I even have this on my desk <laughs> as I'm talking about it. But, um, everything Mike Francesa would say, you know, he would talk about anything, anything in sports. I'd be like, yeah, that absolutely makes sense. And really he, I would rely on him to help organize the way that I thought about, you know, who I could and couldn't trust, I guess. So Mookie, I, I totally hear you. And to even think that you may be putting me in that kind of category at man, that means the world to me, Mook. So, th so thank you. Um, Mike Petty says, Jeremy got Koontz to admit to cutting sheets, spooning creases and corners. If you can do that and have a trimmer handy, you can certainly trim cards. In my honest opinion, I think he was lying myself. Um, listen, I think there's, I'm not saying I condone it or agree to it, but I think that cutting sheets has always been legal in terms of the hobby, right? And uh, spooning creases and corners, I don't grade. I don't send any cards out for for grading. So I've I, I would ruin a card if I tried to do any of that. But I know plenty of people. I know plenty of people that use uh, what is it? Kurtz Kurtz card care kit. Is, is that what it's called? And, and I think that's a lot of what they do, don't they? Don't they talk about like rolling out creases and corners and stuff? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I think that right there, what you're talking about, Mike, is that kind of weird blurry line of like what's right, what's not. And, and I can't say, I can't speculate to say what's in Koontz's mind by any, by any stretch, but uh, you know, yeah, good call. Um, a collector's dream says we trust Rob Koontz and curator. <laughs> Oh, okay. Hold on. He said, we trust you, Rob. Koontz and curator not. Okay. I thought you were putting me in the same category as Koontz and curator. I was going to say, uh, that's, that's thanks. Uh, Tom Grant says lots of white collar criminals are nice and likable guys. Listen, you're absolutely right, Tom. Right. A lot, a lot of serial killers are also nice and likable guys. Right. I mean, they're, you know, sociopaths without a doubt. So, so very, very valid point, Tom. Um, Oz says Mike is a Philly hater. Is that why you hate Philly sports? I'm, I'm not sure where that's coming from, but, um, but yeah. And Tom says if he wasn't doing it, he certainly knew the folks that could provide the service. So, yeah, guys, I guess that's it. I mean, we're sitting here with 30 people in the chat watching. I appreciate you very much for tuning in. I've just been sitting here kind of rambling. This is uh, the another therapist solo episode. Guys, if you want to listen to the playback on this, obviously this is going to be on Sports Card Therapist on the live uh, tab on my YouTube channel. But also this is going to be on the podcast and you have to look up the Wolfpack Network, the Wolfpack Network on um spotify apple all that stuff and that's what this episode's going to be um posted on for wednesday morning so wednesday morning this will be airing on the wolfpack network and the wolfpack consists of me and uh, a few other content creators me ken sports card lessons uh both tony and oz cousins collectibles 
um, Crosstown Cardboard, which is Craig and Carmine and Dave. So there's seven of us. Uh, we have a big event that we're putting on at National Friday night. Uh, this is me kind of plugging the Wolfpack now, you know. Um, so definitely come by. Uh, we're probably going to be live streaming it. I'm sure we'll be live streaming it um, from national, but we also have a podcast network. You know, it's just, it's, it's a crew of, of hobby friends that we've, we've kind of, you know, just like we curate our collections, uh, we've curated our inner circle. We've curated the people who we um, trust and talk to on a daily basis and, and kind of just gave the name the Wolfpack, and that's something that i've been preaching really from from when i've started the sports card therapist channel is the importance of having your wolf pack find your wolf pack find your wolf pack find the people who you feel comfortable with that won't judge you that will have your back that will call you on your bs that maybe you can go to shows with or that you can show off a mail day to, um, you know, we all need a wolf pack. You are who you hang with, right, in life and in the hobby. So I guess that's it, guys. All right, I appreciate you. I thought I was going to come on and do 20 minutes. Here we are coming up on 50 minutes. So thank you very much to everyone who's in the chat. Thank you very, very much to everyone who's in the chat everyone that's been watching everyone that's been chiming in i appreciate you guys and uh don't forget uh uh tom grant hold on i'm seeing more and more uh stuff come in tom grant says rob any communication from pwcc on the acquisition by fanatics uh tom yes i touched on this right at the beginning of the stream i have been in contact with pwcc um so you know big up to them uh shout out to fanatics i've been in touch with them i'm not really at liberty to say what was uh, talked about in the conversation but i'm really excited for fanatics i think uh, they're going to continue to do big things i mean they're killing it. I mean, <laughs> fanatics is, is they're going to, you know, they're going to have a monopoly on this thing, you know, in a good way, hopefully in a good way. It seems like fanatics is, is strictly, strictly about, um, really increasing the collector experience. And, and to me, I mean, that's music to my ears. That's music to my ears when I hear that. So hopefully that is something that's going to continue to happen. And, uh, so yes, guys, thank you very much. Um, Take care of yourselves and your collection. Have a good one. It's the wolf pack.